Welcome to Alaskwatch, the show all about Bigfoot in the great state of Alaska. I'm your host, Beans Baxter. So lace up your boots, zip up your coat, and come with me on an adventure as we explore all things cryptid in the last frontier. All right, Alaska Watchers, I am still out in the field, still here at the Bigfoot Art Gallery, and uh, we're going to wax a little bit with Rob Roy here. He's still with me in the studio. Hello, I'm still here, yes. Actually, it's not the studio. I guess I'm in your studio yeah, now. you're in my you're yeah. in the Bigfoot Art Gallery, <laughs> the world famous. And uh, <laughs> today we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about a place that I guess Rob Roy has, has uh, coined the term. Uh, area A, or the name. That's so, correct. What so else can we call it? We're going to talk. What else to call it? Because is it A for Alaska, or is it A because it's... Well, isn't that the mystery? <laughs> <laughs> we got to find out it what is. It, the A stands it's, for. It's kind of generic for Alaska, I think, is what we, we kind of laugh about, but yes. So there's been... Pe- people know about Area A. Uh, Apparently, yeah. There, it's there, getting around. Yeah, there's been an article in the Bigfoot Times about it. Uh, there's been uh, some other Bigfooters that uh, are aware of it. Yep. And uh, Rob Roy and I have actually had the pleasure of being invited out there. Rob has actually spent a lot more time out there than I have. I've only made the one trip. And uh, just like the previous video where we have the companion video of the Bigfoot Art Gallery, I'm going to have a companion video to go with this one that's some footage I took uh, walking around the property up on the backside. Uh, so that's going to go with this this awesome. podcast. Awesome. And, uh, but we're going to talk about Area A and just kind of how we got uh, entwined in, in this story, uh, right, you know, right. how we it's, became yeah. part of this. And I first uh, became aware of it. I was contacted by the property owner uh, because he stumbled upon my, my uh, podcast, Alaska Watch. Uh, I'm sure he, he was Googling like Alaska Bigfoot stuff and it came up there and he said, hey, you know, I think you might be interested in my property. And he sent me a lot of um, of stories, of encounters and some audio, a lot of audio. Yep. And I became really intrigued. And unfortunately, that's a, around the time I think that COVID hit is kind of when he reached out to oh, me. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> and Not a good time. My world went to shit pretty much yep. uh right around that time yeah and i couldn't get because of the, my work and the way things were scheduled i couldn't get out there uh in fact at one point we you know because of the profession i was in they were telling us we couldn't even leave town basically right. without permission sure and uh it just it just didn't work out last year i didn't get out there but uh circumstances changed and uh we were both out yeah. there for the first trip of uh, 2021 out into the area in the spring. That's right. That area was the A. First, first trip out there this year. Spring break in Area A. Yeah. And uh, why don't you give a little rundown of how you kind of got involved in Area A? Well, much like you, uh, I met uh, a couple years ago. He contacted me, uh, got got my number from some, some other person in, interested in Bigfoot, and uh, uh, became... Uh, telling me about his story, about his 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 property out out in the Kenai Peninsula out there, and I was just amazed. I couldn't believe it. Um, so I was happened to be given a lecture out at Muskox Farm here in Palmer, and he attended. And that was the first time I met him. That was two years ago now. It was in winter time, 
So he, we talked for a good 45 minutes and I was just, I couldn't believe the stuff he was telling me. And, and now this is a gentleman who is, who is a very professional. He was not into Bigfoot at all. He still isn't. He's having a hard time wrapping his head around it. He's still pretty skeptical. He's very skeptical. And, but everything that he described that was going on in his property was classic Bigfoot activity. That's the only way you can put it. I was just amazed, and uh, the audio he had at that time, too. He had already recorded lots of audio. It, it, he had hired a couple different organizations to go out and study his land, and both of them felt that very strongly that there was a family out there. Anyway, so meeting him, I, I just couldn't believe it. We, we hit it off pretty good. We're good friends. And uh, so that summer, he invited me out there uh, uh, for the first time. Um you know, I'd be lying if I said I was hugely excited to go out there, <laughs> especially after everything I've been heard. Um, and so I went out there four times last summer and had my very first Sasquatch experiences. And I, I really couldn't believe it. I went out there with very low expectations. I was pretty skeptical. Um, I went out there trying to um, make sense of what was going on. Um, you know, logical sense, like maybe it was, maybe that's a sea lion or maybe, you know, just trying to come up with answers other than Sasquatch. And there were some things that I, <laughs> I couldn't, you just can't explain. Um, it is a fascinating place and it's ongoing. I think that's why it's, we're just, I guess, starting to get out there about the place. But, um, uh, anyway, um, those four times visits out there were just fascinating and almost kind of, I wouldn't say life changing, but really opened my eyes. Um, even though I've been in the Bigfoot world a long time and drawing them, I've never had an experience like that. Tell us about, uh, the, that first, that thing that happened to you about 1230 where you're standing out on the rock and just, yes, I mean, I, I loved first, it when you told me that. Oh, that was the first tree knocks I've ever heard in my life. And it was the first night I was there. A matter of fact, uh, there were four of us out there. Um, it was late at night. The other three gentlemen. Uh, retired to the cabin. I decided to stay up late and because my curiosity was just getting to me. I had heard nothing prior to, I mean, I was there all day, walking in the woods, I was observing, looking around, and I'm just like, wow, it, it is beautiful there. Um, so it's about 12 o'clock at night, and I'm, I'm walking around outside by myself, a beautiful Alaskan evening in, in the middle of June. It's kind of twice, you know, you can kind of see, it's not quite dark, but it's not quite light. Um, I ventured down kind of on the beach, which the tide was in, and the beach is basically rocks. It's not like sand or anything. It's basically rocks. So I was standing there, about ready to give up. I hadn't heard anything. I was getting tired. I had a thermal in my left hand. I had my nice Canon SLR digital camera on my neck. I was ready. You know, I was ready to hear something. I was like, you know, I thought I was ready anyway. So I'm standing there, and I'm thinking about when I thought it's time to go to bed. All of a sudden, out of, out of nowhere, just this crack, just wood on what sounded like wood on wood, crack, right in front of me. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm standing on the beach, kind of looking across the water into the woods, and it was it happened right in the woods I was staring at, maybe 30 feet into the tree line, and it just shocked me. I, I heard it. It was, it was unmistakable what it was, and I just kind of went up, and then it did it again exact same sound crack and the thing was is it was so quiet for so long and I've, I heard nothing I was pretty tuned I could hear the water I could, bloop, bloop, I, mean, I could hear it 
I swear I could hear when the the first knock even you could hear debris falling off a tree, like wow. Um, the second time it did it, same thing. Um, of course I was silent and okay. So you think here I am, Mister. You know I want to see her and hear Bigfoot. I'm holding the thermal. You think I'd raise the thermal up and look? <laughs> no, what I did, I looked straight over at the cabin and, and the fear that came over me after that second knock was so primal, I just had to get to safety. That's the only thing. It's like I had no choice. My legs just started moving. <laughs> and I didn't run, but I walked as fast as I could. And so I, well, I, I ran. I didn't, well, I didn't run. I walked as quickly as I could to the cabin. And what I didn't know is the owner was had come out onto the deck and was relieving himself off the deck, and he heard the tree knocks as well. Um, and when he, he said, I come running around, and he said my eyes were as big as dinner plates, which they had to be, and I was freaking out. I was F-bombing this, and I was like, did you hear that? I couldn't believe it. I, I just, I really couldn't believe it. It was clearly what it was. I mean, it, there's nothing else that would have been other than a man smacking a tree, a big tree. It wasn't like a baseball bat. I'm talking about something maybe six, eight inches in diameter hitting another tree with as much force as a big man could do. Right. And that's what it sounded like. There's nothing else. It wasn't two trees falling. It wasn't a squirrel. It's, it freaked me out. <laughs> and uh, the interesting thing is, is the fear that came over me. It's like I, I, I got it. I got the message. They, you know, It was like they were telling me either... Whatever it was, we see you, we're here, or if they were, they were talking to another one, I don't know, but it's like I felt, I knew, it's like I had to get out of there. Um, and the owner felt the same way. He felt that, that primal fear. He thought that they were doing it at him because he was peeing. And, of course, I felt because I was standing right there for, I don't know, I was, I was at least standing in that one place for at least 30 minutes, just standing there in the same spot. And nothing, it was just dead quiet. And then all of a sudden, the, the two cracks. Um, that was that was that was over the top. <laughs> I, I couldn't believe it. And that was the first first night, first time I'd been there. So we were off to a great start. I thought I was like, wow. The owner was like, yeah, that's nothing. He says that's good, but that uh, it's this. He he claims it sounds like a zoo sometimes. Um, so uh, anyway, that that was yeah. that was crazy. I know. When we went this last time, uh, there wasn't a whole lot going on, almost nothing. Right. It's pretty and <clears throat> there was I think there was maybe one thing I found on the audio that could have been a knock, but it yeah. was it was yeah. we were questioning that because we weren't quite sure what time it happened. It might have been about the time we were waking up, so yep. I, I don't know. Maybe yeah. it might have been somebody yep. walking out on the deck. But um, I do know, you know, we've both heard audio from the property. Yep. And it sounds exactly like a zoo. I mean, there's there's screams, there's roars, there's knocks, all kinds of stuff going on. And he's got other things going on as well, um, <clears throat> stuff being moved around. Absolutely, uh, uh, and, classic stuff too. And the thing that really intrigues me about about this, probably one of my favorite, I guess, parts of this saga of this property, is the saga of the outhouse. Yeah. Of the toilet. Yeah, yeah. And it, they don't like his toilet. They don't like the toilet. No. And that that intrigues me on so many levels. It is. It, is, it seems like, it seems right, doesn't it? It's it like it just, is, is, it, is it a territory thing? Yeah, is it that you're, yeah. So, so let's, let's talk about it just for a minute. So 
what ha- what what happened to to the toilet? So- well, okay, so the bathroom. So the, the owner buys the property. Now there's nothing built on it. This is raw property out in the middle of nowhere. It's a beautiful cove, um, gorgeous land, um, but there's nothing there. There's no nothing, absolutely. Nothing. So the first thing they build is a toilet. You know, I yeah. go it was like it was like a pool in the ground with a box over. Yeah, so they dig a hole about 200 feet up in the woods um, off this the main trail. <clears throat> um, built a little plywood box. Cut a, cut a little oval in the top, bought a little toilet seat from Walmart, and wood screwed it on. Boom, there's your toilet. So they leave. This is this is what I, how I remember it. Um, they left. They came back, I think, two days later. Um, one of the gentlemen went up to use use the bathroom. And, oh, my God, he calls, calls the owner up there. They go up, and they look, and the box is sitting right there. Everything's the same. But something, this is really, something ripped the toilet seat off, and they found it about 20 or 30 feet in the woods. Now, you would think, well, a bear or something, but it, it, you got to understand that the, the box was still sitting in the same spot. It would, it would have to, you would have to hold the box down to rip the, just the toilet seat off. And anybody knows if you screwed a toilet seat on the plywood, that, that's pretty tough to do yeah. with five wood screws or whatever it is. So, wow, okay, they, the box was not touched, it wasn't tipped over, it's still, the toilet's still sitting, but the toilet seat's ripped off. Okay, that's pretty weird, but it happened two more times. So that's even more and, weird. And from what I understand, there was no, like the toilet seat itself wasn't mangled. No, no scratches, no, like a bear. If, if that was a bear, first of all, the, the box itself would probably be knocked over. Probably be some scratches in it, maybe some gnaw marks. And bears chew on stuff. Yeah. They just chew on stuff. Um, but to hold something in place and have to, you know, prep the, the strength to pull it off while holding the plywood box up, that's kind of weird. That's not bear-like yeah. behavior at all. So um, that intrigued them a lot. And plus, by this time, they were hearing things, uh, which they didn't understand either. And uh, again, like you, that was, what's so fascinating about Area A is that the gentleman, the owner, he's so legitimate. He's not a Bigfoot person. He never has been. He bought the property to, uh, you know, everybody wants a you know, dream Alaska cabin. And uh, this man can, you know, he's in a position in life to do it. And he does it. And he just happens to buy this chunk of land that's, you know, being shared with these Sasquatch. And, <laughs> and that's, it's crazy. But that's, and so it makes it even more fascinating to talk to the 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 eyewitnesses and the owner that lives there, and each everybody that's gone there has heard something strange, and these are not Bigfoot people. I guess you and I are kind of Bigfoot people, right? but we were invited out there under this premise. But And after uh, talking to the carpenters, um, the sheetrockers, uh, the work, the help that, that uh, the owner brings out there to build his, his cabin, all have interesting stories themselves that, and, and again, these are not like you would call Bigfoot people. They, they don't study it. They don't watch it on YouTube. They, they know nothing about the behavior. And yet they're hearing, you know, what you can only describe is like, wow, that's like the Ron Moorhead audio. I mean, it sounds just like it. Um, a lot of these guys, the younger guys, have even heard the, the, the samurai sounds, which I, I'm like, what? Yeah, these are normal guys. They're just hearing strange things. And some of them think the other guy's talking. And they'll, they'll you know, confront them. And, no, I'm not saying anything, you know. And when you're out there, people, you know, we work pretty hard on his cabin. And uh, um, 
that's the trick, I think. You just, your mind's occupied. You're not really looking for anything. And then they, they seem to come to us with all yeah. the noise and activity. Um, so it's, like I said, it's, it's, uh, it's I, interesting. I know the owner made the comment when we went out there. <clears throat> he said that they always seem to be pretty active after he uses a chainsaw. Yeah. And one of the first things he did when we got there was rev up the chainsaw. Yeah, start up the chainsaw. And um, I, oh, we, let's talk about the tree. Oh yeah. So that, that was one of the three weird things. So he, so you know, as we as we explained, this is a remote property. There's no roads. You, right. you can't, you know, we can't just go get in my truck and, and drive there. Yep, you got to have a boat or a float plane. And it's it's difficult to get to. And, you know, he doesn't go there in the winter. Yep. Um, so last October, I believe, was the last trip out. And he left, you know, he left things as they are. And we showed up, was it, um, was it the second week of April? It was two weeks ago, I think. Something no. like that. Yeah. So we show up. And you take the, uh, the the skiff up to the beach, and then there's a little trail that goes from the beach to the cabin. It's not far. I mean, you can see the cabin right. from the beach. It's, yep. But there is a worn trail from the beach yep. to the cabin. The main trail from the beach to the cabin. And the first thing that the owner, he gets very excited. Yeah. He's like, He's like yelling at me from the shore. He's like, you're not going to believe this shit. Uh-huh. And I'm yeah. thinking, I like, what is going on? So we get up there and he shows me right along the trail there. We measured it. It was like, was it 23 feet? I think it was 30, wasn't it? Uh, I think it was like, like it was like 23, 25. Yeah, I think. It was, yeah, it wasn't a terribly it, it big was, tree, but it was. A it was a, it was a nice. It was a live. Live. Yeah. Spruce tree yeah. was bent, yeah. not broken. Bent. Bent at a, almost a 90 degree angle. Yeah blocking the trail to the cabin it was kind of unusual and the owner swears and i believe him that it was not like that in october when he left oh i can guarantee it wasn't like that um now we did have a lot of snow this this winter and that's what it did look like but there were trees right there next to it that were bigger smaller and around the same size and none of them had been affected in that way. None of them. It was just one single. That was what was odd. It wouldn't be that, well, the yeah, we, you know, snow dump on a tree, bent it over, okay. But it's, it was a little odd that it was blocking the trail. That's, the, that's the, the thing that's. The trees around weren't, weren't affected. They're not bent or nothing. It was those. So, that, that okay, that was a little strange. That, okay. That's the thing that sticks out to me about that in my mind is that it was blocking the trail. I, if it I, hadn't have been blocking the trail, I, yeah, I mean, I, I would have probably have said that was weird, but whatever. Right, right. But the fact it was blocking the trail, and I've heard so many stories about, you know, trees being pushed over on trails or rocks being pushed mm-hmm. on the trails, stuff like that. And it just hearing, you know, some knowing some of the history of that place, it really registered with me. And I definitely, you know, I mean, we've got some pictures of it. I can... I can put it in. Yeah, uh, we definitely yeah. took we took pictures of it and made sure we record it before we cut the, the tree down. But um, but yeah, that that was something that really kind of stuck with me. And the problem is, is you know, it's set there between October and and April. Yeah. And uh, I mean, that's a lot of snow. We'd be sitting on it. Too. Well, we don't know. We don't know when it happened. Yeah. It might have right. happened the day after he left well, in October. Yeah, we don't know when it happened. It might have happened the day before we got Look there. Look at the peanut butter. Exactly. So. so yeah, we get there and the owner's like, "Let's go check on our peanut butter." Right. He had left some peanut butter 
on a, I'm going to say stump, but it's, it's taller than I am. Yeah, I mean, it's, stump. it's over six foot. It's a huge stump. So we go, uh, it, it, which is near the outhouse. Yep. It's right next to the outhouse, about a hundred feet in the woods. And so. we go and the peanut butter's gone. It was two, uh, cans of Jif. Jif peanut butter. And they're gone. And I thought, well, you know, who knows? I mean, this has been how mm-hmm. many months? Bears, everything else. Right. And I kind of, we kind of walk a little bit past the the stump. We're kind of walking um, back towards the woods. And I don't remember how many feet it was. Was it 30 feet? Something like that. Something like that. Uh, I see a little flash of red over on the side. And I'm like, oh, I think, you know, there's the lids to the peanut butter. And we walk over there, and both jars are sitting on the ground, just a couple of feet apart. Like, uh, like somebody laid them next vir- to each other. Virtually unmolested. Right. Which, to me, I mean, you t- if you told me you left a peanut butter jar out in the middle of the woods in Alaska, yeah. and you came back like six months later, and they were still there, right? I would have a hard time believing that. Right. Or at least if you told me they were, I mean... Completely unmolested. Right. I mean, they, you know, they were a little wet and they, yeah. the, the labels had like peeled a little bit, but no, no claw marks, yeah, no, no teeth uh, marks. No teeth marks. A bear would have chewed uh, At first I thought one of the lids was broken, but it just, it was, it was uh, water uh-huh. from, from rain and we just wiped right off. Uh, they were, I mean, it looked like other than, you know, a little water damage to the labels. It right, looked right. like they had just, you know, been set there. Right. And that to me is just so bizarre. That is bizarre. That's weird. To me, that's even stranger than the tree. Um, only thing it could have been is people, right? But nobody goes out there. It's in the middle of winter time. It's just odd. Plus, you know, the peanut butter is a whole other story. We, we, we just started experimenting with peanut butter last late last summer. And um, that was the last two times I was there. We used the peanut butter for the first time. And... Uh, should I get into that then? You want to hear about yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So what we did was we just a big brand new jar of Jif peanut butter, a big one. We peeled the little little film thing off the top, and then we screwed the lid about four turns, not tight, but it was on there. And then we stuck it on that stump next to the next to the bathroom, and uh, we left for two weeks. And so we came back, and we were all excited. We were all like, "Oh, everything got in the peanut butter! Oh boy! Oh boy!" So we got there about 9 o'clock at night. It was kind of a rainy night. It was dark. It was foggy. This would have been in September. So it was a little, you know, cooler. Um, We pulled up. It was something like Jaws. You know, the fog was there. (laughs) We pulled. We got spotlights going, and we anchor up, and we get on this little skiff, and we got our headlamps on. As soon as we hit the beach, we're all like, let's go, let's go. So we go marching up the trail over to the, and it's gone. So, of course, we get on the beach, and we're all excited, and we got our headlamps on, and let's, let's, let's go check the peanut butter. We go up there, you know, 100 feet up, then 100 feet over into the woods, and I get up, and it's not there. And the owner's behind me, and I said, it's not there. And he says, no way. I'm like, it's gone. And so, finally, we get up to it, the, the stump. No, peanut butter's gone. And... We're looking around. Not only was the peanut butter gone, we also left a necklace on top of the stump with the peanut butter. A big uh, orange, the beads were like bright orange, reddish, big beads. Those were broken and spread all over the base of the stump. The peanut butter 
we, it was gone, but then I looked down way down below the base of the stump, around the other side almost. It was way down there, and the lid was still off of it. It was upside down, kind of in the bushes. I said, there it is. So I go crawling my hands in to really get down and grab it, and I grab it. And we look in it, and of course there's mouse turds in it, which is normal. It's been sitting there for how long in the woods. Um, no lid. But the first, there was only a quarter of peanut butter in it. It was almost gone. And the other interesting thing is we noticed there was a leaf that was completely smashed into the bottom of the peanut butter jar. And, you know, we all looked at each other and went, do you, you, do you think that they were using a leaf? You know, to because that, and then we all thought that at the same time. It seemed like that's what it was being used for. So anyway, we, and we looked and looked and looked. We never found the lid. Uh, must have found it or he put another lid on that because that was the same jar, I think, that he put on the stump and then you found there, it. Yeah, there was two. One was yeah. full, I think, and the other one was yes. almost gone. So that was all. <clears throat> so I ran up to the other, let's just, I guess we'll just call it gifting zone, which we, we, we just started doing this. That was the first jar of peanut butter ever. And it seems like something obviously got into it. So we ran up to the other stump, which is about 200 feet above the cabin, the fire pit. There we had put a woman's hand mirror and another set of beads there. Well, the hand mirror was gone. And I, I put it there before we walked down the beach, got on the boat. I knew exactly where it was. It was gone. And I, could, I was like, no way. And I we were looking around. I walked maybe... 15 feet away from where it was and there it was laying in the bushes the mirror just sitting there of course i looked at it real careful you know i was saying oh is it having prints looking or for something? fingerprints yeah, it was all wet and stuff and then, but you know there it was so i put it back on the, the little gifting spot um but uh the owner did that one more time with the peanut butter and the same result um i did not go on that trip but they went there and it was the same almost the same thing i think half the peanut butter was gone i, I believe um and that's it. That was about the end of the year for that year. But that was really odd. Um, so they obviously, we think they like peanut butter. Who doesn't like peanut I butter? I know. So, Jif peanut butter. And also, can we get some money from Jif? Choosy squatches, choose Jif. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> See? Yeah, it's great. So, anyway, it's it's ongoing. It's an interesting place. Um, yeah. Um, four times out there. First two times was crazy. The second two, two times... Kind of uneventful, but we had the peanut butter thing happen. Um, after that, it seemed to be quiet. I went one more time. Uh, we did hear a, what sounded like a scream. That was it. Other than that, we heard nothing. Um, I started thinking, wow, uh, to the owner, kind of jokingly, I thought maybe we screwed up. It seems like the second we started, we gave the peanut butter, they stopped their vocal harassing and throwing rocks and banging the cabin and the usual things that they were doing. And I thought, well, maybe we screwed that up. We gave him some kind of handshake now. Hey, we'll give you treats if you leave us alone. Yeah. Sort of thing. You gave him a, uh, an we, offering. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like it stopped. So I thought maybe we screwed up. Maybe we shouldn't have done that. So I don't know. I don't know. But um, you know and I know that the owner just talked to us today and he says he thinks they're back. So yeah. Then maybe maybe they do travel in yeah. the winter. Well, that was, you know, one of the things that I took away from my time there, even though it was pretty uneventful, we were kind of looking at like, well, what's, you know, what's different from this year than, because he had been there the same time last year and there was activity. There was activity, yes. So the, the difference between that year and this year was we had a lot of snow. More snow. And the, the whole That's time we were there, yeah. 
yeah. we were here, in, you know, because it's a place that's surrounded by by mountains. Yes. And the whole time we're there, we're hearing avalanches. I mean, I don't know how many times I thought, man, there's a lot of air traffic yeah. around here thinking yeah. a plane was going over. Right. It was actually an avalanche across the bay, you know, coming down right. the mountain. Coming down that mountain, you could see them. I mean, so, there's dozens yeah. and dozens of tiny little avalanches going. So that made me maybe wonder if maybe that's got something to do with it. Maybe they're... You know, somewhere with a little bit more southern exposure or something. They're on the other side of the mountain, yeah. and because of the heavy snowfall, they haven't made it over there to to that property yet. Right. Um, and I mean, maybe that maybe that's the cause. Maybe not. I, I mean, I don't know. It's all speculation, but that's one of the factors when you got to look at things like, okay, what's the variable here? Well, there's more snow. Right. So there's obviously more snow. The owner um, noticed that immediately. I know that um, next to his cabin, he's never had that much snow piled up. Um, so, yeah, that seems like it may be a factor there because he, he was exper- having these experiences a little earlier than, like a week earlier than we were there. And, you know, kind of had him worried a little bit. It was really uneventful. It was very quiet. My, so an, another, uh, one of the only possible visuals was by the, outhouse by the latrine by the good old outhouse and that place is always hopping (laughs) (laughs) so yeah that that uh, that would have been a little unnerving that story really stuck with me and then the one about the cooler yeah the cooler's a good one um but i'll I'll tell the the outhouse one real quick uh one of the young men well i say he's young i don't know he's younger than i am yeah uh was there doing some work and he had ran out to the outhouse it was it was Dark, I believe. I think it was, it was like after nine o'clock. It yeah. was dark. Um, the owner had to, you know, grab a flashlight and a gun. And this was a big burly man. He said, "I don't need no flashlight and a gun." Yeah, he's he's taller than I am. And he's he goes he's a big guy. With his iPhone into and the woods. He goes so. to the outhouse. Uh, I don't know what he was doing. In the, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if it matters, but he was obviously using he, the outhouse. He, he might have been making some <laughs> squatch calls in there. I don't know. Uh, he but seriously, he felt he was being watched. Yeah, he, he had a creepy vibe. He goes he into that house. He hadn't felt, felt that. <clears throat> and this outhouse, I mean, I'm a big guy, and that is a... It's tiny. It's a tiny... I mean, I felt like Chris Farley in that yeah. thing. I'm like fat guy in a little coat. Yeah. And the owner said they built it small on purpose so they could move it. Move it and dig a new And it made, it made sense when he told me that, but when I'm in there, you know, yeah. having my moral constitutional, it's uh, it, it was... It's, it's a tight fit. Right. But anyway, so the worker's in there. He comes out, and he's walking back toward the cabin. And he looks off to his left, and he sees eye shine. And this is, you know, we got to walk through that area. Yeah. Uh, I didn't see any stumps, trees, vegetation, anything where, like, an owl could sit. Right. Or be, you know, be there. Uh, he sees the eye shine. It freaks him out. He stubs, he uh, hits a, a root. Yeah, he trips. He, on he a trips. Root, a snag. Uh, he looks down, he looks back up, and the eyes have moved like 10 feet. 10 feet over. Yeah, over to the, to the right. Like right. It's, like it's yeah. following him almost. And uh, after that, he ran out of he there. He freaked out. Yeah. And he ran. He actually, the owner said he just burst in the door. And, he, and like, I, I believe the next day they did a. Uh, finding Bigfoot-esque recreation. Yes, yes, they went out to the area. And the they estimated that the eye shine, how many feet, like seven they feet or something? It had to be at least eight feet. They, yeah. Seven to eight feet, somewhere in there at least, because I went out there about a week after that incident, 
and um, the owner showed me that spot, which is a very, you know, it's for the bathroom. I know the trail. The, the guy's mark that he, when he tripped over the snag, was still there. So you knew exactly where he tripped. And so there was a huge stump and bushes on top, and this is still in the summertime. And so the owner walked around, and I stood on the trail, and he reached up. And he had to crawl up on the stump to, for me to even see his hand. And he was, his hand was way up there before I could even see it over the bushes. So it had to be at least eight feet. And that's what we found interesting, is it was pretty tall. And that's like you said, it was an owl sitting there hovering or something. But um, it, it scared this guy. It, it really did. It scared him. It made him run. And, uh, you know, typical of, of this property. Yeah. It's, well, it's, I, no- I noticed, I mean, which granted, you know, the guys that were there were there to work. Yep. But uh, yeah, we, we were the only two fools that were, like, wandering away from the cabin yeah, and going uh, actually out. Actually looking, you yeah. know, for some kind of evidence or no, something. I, I, I noticed nobody else really strayed away too far from the cabin, no. other than the guys that went fishing and they were on yeah, the Yeah, yeah, they'll go fishing. But, yeah, <clears throat> normally people don't, unless they're asked, won't go up there. Um, I do. I mean, when I'm there, I go, yeah. that's kind of what I do. Well, when they left to go get you, I... Yeah. I boogied all up over yeah, there. It's it's a beautiful place, um, but it's just interesting here. It's man, you just you hear these stories and you go out there, and of course I go out there. And I I do go out there with low expectations because I don't want to like be <laughs> disappointed. I mean, I, and we just let it happen, and and we we work, you know, we play, we just carry on like normal, and they seem to show up. Um, so yeah, it's it's very interesting, and. Um, I want to I want to talk about the cooler story because I think okay. this is one of the the more I wanted to say cooler stories, but right, it's, right. Uh, that's not going to sound right. It's one of the better stories from the from the property, yep. and one of the more creepy ones. Yeah, <clears throat> and that's so the cabin is under construction. It's basically just uh, like a frame with a mm-hmm. roof, and they've got. You know, no pl- sheetrock in the walls. Yeah, the they've walls got are exposed to the woods. They've got like plywood yep, the walls up. up. Everything's framed, but there's no walls. No, no doors. Yeah, no doors. You just kind of you know reach and grab sticks. <clears> and so they've got a um, a bunk bed mm-hmm. in one of the rooms, and I, I don't remember one of the guys that was there was either like a retired biologist or wildlife guy or something. I, I don't remember exactly his background, but he was a he wasn't exactly, he wasn't just, you know, Billy Joe off the street. He, right. he knew stuff. And I think he had kind of, if I remember correctly, he had given the owner, he had uh, maybe gave him a little guff at yeah. hearing some of the activity stories. Oh, okay. he, yes. He yes, was a right. little, yep. he was a there little, was that, uh, that guess yeah. was there. That's he, funny. He, he was a little dismissive of the activity. Yeah. And so everybody, it's, it's nighttime. Everybody's in the cabin. Everybody that's there is inside. The only way to get out of the cabin is to go through that room with the bunk beds and they've propped up a piece of plywood as a makeshift wall to cover the door. That, well, it's not a door, but to cover the entrance that they're right. using. And they've placed a large Yeti cooler and appropriately. It was, it was full of stuff. It was it, heavy. Well, those things are heavy even yeah, when they're not full. It was a big one. It wasn't a small, yeah. medium. It was a big one. So they've placed a Yeti cooler full of the supplies they need for their trip and it's shoring up that that plywood it's yep. blocking the plywood it's keeping it in place and i believe it was estimated somebody said it was upward of 60 pounds yeah <clears throat> and middle of the night 
Everybody's asleep. There's no electricity out there. Nope. And this cabin is on on stilts, too. So we're talking the floor, even when you're on the back of the cabin, is a good six and a half, seven feet tall. Yeah. If you're standing outside and you reached up to touch the floor, it's it's up there. Yeah. So. So they're they're sleeping, and something pushes on that plywood, and that heavy Yeti cooler flies across that. What is that room? That room's probably eight feet oh, wide. Oh yeah, it, it slid across. And the it wall. slides Literally. across the wall or the floor and hits the other side of the wall, and that piece of plywood comes it made a coming rocket. in, and then they hear something going thump 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 up yeah. the trail or up the toward the woods yep. and that one i think is probably i think the 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 outhouse story is probably my favorite just because you have the the visual the eye shine right but that one i mean that's a good one what i mean i i think a bear could do that but i don't think a bear yeah it's possible would, i mean he could have stood up to get up that high i mean he'd have to stand up unless he was crawling on the side of yeah. the wall which you would have heard but it's like everybody agrees it. it's like something just shoved it. But at the same time, bears don't necessarily just run up and, you know, right. body slam a house. Body slam a they'll house. they'll sniff around, they'll scratch yeah. around, you yeah, know. They 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 do a lot of probing. Yep. They they don't just run up and body slam yeah, a there, door. There probably would have been a little more noise prior to the, the cooler just being yeah. shoved like it was. So that But I even mean, that is impressive because if if, if you knew how, how, where it was and how hard it was shoved, I mean you would have to reach so high up there to even touch it that have the strength to push it that far. Yeah. That's, that's curious. That's, that's one of the weird things. Yeah. Um, the other strange, the other fun story is one of my favorites is the, the footprint we found because that morning the owner, we got up, there were seven of us this trip and the owner was using the bathroom at the time up in the woods and he said something growled at him. Something growled at him from the woods, and I heard him say that, and I thought, honestly, I thought, well, you know, being being trying to be skeptical, I'm trying to answer, I thought maybe sea lions, you know, because there were yeah. a couple of sea lions that swam in the cove the, the day prior to that, um, and, and he came down, and, and the owner's like, yeah, and he's telling us, man, some growled, it was weird, it was growled, I could tell it was a growl, and we thought, wow, that's odd, okay, and we just kept doing what we're doing, working around, picking things up, getting ready for the day, so I go up to use the bathroom. And I go up there, and I'm doing my business, and we had just moved the potty over like a week prior. No, it was actually a few days prior. So there was a fresh pile of dirt next to the bathroom, which is unusual because you know this environment. It's all moss. It's all covered in moss. Very hard to find any kind of mud or dirt to leave right. a, uh, any right. kind of print. So there's this dirt conveniently right next to the bathroom, right? <laughs> which they hate. Which they hate. And this, you know, okay, this verifies. This is why they, I don't know, this verifies it. But so I'm done with my business. I stand up, I'm doing my belt, and I just kind of turn, and now I'm facing the forest. And I look down at this pile of dirt, and there's a just like a per, almost perfect Bigfoot track just sitting there. And I said, you got to be booping me. <laughs> you know, I couldn't believe it. And I was actually very calm. But I could tell him, I'm looking at this thing, you see the toes. Um, and we, after we, it's, it's, it's about 17 inches long, about 8 inches wide. Um, but I was very, I, I sat there and I thought, well, I guess it could be, you know, one of those freakish, like three guys stepped in the same spot and just made this weird track. But I stepped down next to it and I videotaped it all. I'm, I'm, I'm talking very mellow. I'm like, I'm skeptical you know i'm like no try not to get excited i think 
I step down next to it, I raise my foot, you can clearly see the waffle pattern in my boots. Whereas this track was like somebody smoothed it with their hand. It was really odd. One, it was just like a big foot print with a kind of a freakishly big toe. I remember that the, the big toe looked big. Um, and I thought, so I walked very calmly. I didn't scream, you guys, <laughs> like you think I would. I calmly walked down around, I found the owner. I told him what I found. He said, oh, my God, let's go. So we, we back up to the trail, and we got about maybe 10 feet from the pile of dirt, and you, you could see the track clearly there. And the owner says, it's got pooping toes. And he runs up to it, and he gets on his hands and knees above it, and he's looking at it, and he says, that's a woody. That's a pooping woody. And I... At this point, I'm like, oh, thank God, because now it's kind of verifying, you know, I'm not just losing my mind. Now I'm kind of, okay, now I can get <laughs> excited. And now I'm like, wow. And you could clearly see the toes, and wow, we couldn't believe it. And on the only patch of dirt, right? So we did, and it's those people that say, well, ours are only one footprint. Oh, well, there were more, but the others were in the moss. And we found them. They were just round impressions. But this one was in the dirt. We happened to just catch it, I think. So, so the owner did bring one little thing of plaster, and um, he uh, uh, it was just enough to cover that foot. I mean, just enough. And I said, we're going to break it when we pull it. It's just that it was too thin. So it was his brilliant idea, and he has lots of the spray insulation. So we used the spray insulation on top of the cat to hold it together, and it worked. It worked great. So we're, we were able to pull. We pulled the cast. And we couldn't believe it. The detail. We actually got dermal ridges and the other, the, I don't know what you call it, the, the skin folds on the bottom of the feet you can see, which are unique, apparently, to the Sasquatch. Um, clearly, you can see the toes. It's, an, it's actually an amazing cast. Um, certainly got me excited. I thought <laughs> I was in a, you know, a little documentary. is always my dream. You know, oh, my God, here I am mixing plaster. But uh, we did it. And... Uh, um, compared it to the, the, the cast that the owner had, had uh, from the previous year, the first year he had the property, which he made in spray insulation. That's all he had. But something had walked through the foundation area when they first started building the cabin. It was just a muddy mess. They came back, they arrived there, and they found seven Bigfoot tracks. Clear. And this is when, what really changed the owner into, you got to be kidding me, kind of mode. This is what? Now, keep in mind, he's had rocks thrown at him. Um, the workers have had rocks thrown. They've seen the rocks coming from the tree line and landing in their boat. That's weird. That's really weird. I yeah. think you can kind of explain away maybe the, maybe some weasels or martens got in the peanut butter. Maybe a blue jay got in the beads and broke them up. You know, you, can exp you can't explain these rocks being thrown from the tree line. I mean, these are big rocks, too. So... Um, Anyway, it's just a, um, you know, to go out there, uh, it's something. It's it's like you're going to hear something. You just got to be patient. Yeah. Well, you know, in my experience, <clears throat> it really gave me like a Port Chatham vibe. And I don't mean in like a creepy vibe. I just mean in the same type of terrain. Yeah. You've got, you know, like you said, there's not a lot of finding footprints out there. Right. It's going to be it's very mossy. It's that moss, wet. that soft, spongy moss. Yep. And one thing that really impressed me about the area was 
you know, there had been some logging there about 100 years ago, the owner was telling us. Yep. And there's a lot of downed trees, and they're up on the hill behind the cabin. Right. And, you know, I was up there walking around, looking around, and I could, it just, you know, I'm being a prior military guy, it just struck me as like, man, these look like fighting positions. Mm-hmm. You would see, you know, the tree down on the ground, and then behind the tree, you'd see a flattened area. Yeah, it was perfect. And it just, it just, that's kind of what it reminded me of, is yeah. like, man, it looks like, you know, somebody just comes up here and chills out, you know, sets down on, behind yeah. these trees. Yep. Or lays down and, and just, just is just hanging out. Yeah. And you couldn't see, you, you know. You could get a heck of yeah. a night's sleep there, too. I mean, it's so soft and cushiony. Yeah. And like you and I, when we were there, we would, we were, I mean, you could just literally step behind an old, a big, I mean, these are big logs. These are big trees, and they're all covered in moss. Huge boulders covered. Everything's in moss, trees. It's beautiful. But you could literally just step into a, a little nook and disappear. Yeah. Um, you could lay down in some of these places and just sleep better than probably your home bed. Um, yeah, it's it's definitely got a, a very just primitive yeah, feel to primitive. it. It, it, it feels, it, it, you know, uh, like I say, I, I've only said it about a couple of places, but it's got a, a Jurassic Park vibe to it. It does. It, it reminds me a lot of Juno, my hometown. It's got that rainforest feel. It's definitely covered in moss. You've got the old man's beard, you know, falling off the trees. It's very kind of dramatic in that sense. Uh, so it's almost a place you could have, uh, picture a Bigfoot living in. It, it has everything. Um, the cove is beautiful. I mean, the whole area is gorgeous. But the berries, uh, the deer, the salmon, the, there's so much food there um, yeah. pretty much all year long, too. Well, that's so. another thing, too, that I, I, from what I understand, talking to the owner, there's not supposed to be deer there, according to Fish and Game. Right. But... You saw that. Quite there was, obviously, yeah, there are. There's I a mean, lot of deer. There's we, deer poo everywhere. We right saw now. deer tracks. We saw yeah. deer poo. Um, I was really hoping to get some on video. And right. in fact, I, when I went on my walkabout, I actually yeah. sat down and would just wait right. quite a bit, trying hoping something would walk by. But, yeah. but uh, yeah, there's not supposed to be deer there, according to Fishing Game, but obviously they are. Right. Um, so, I mean, who there's knows? There's a lot of them, what, too. I mean, yeah. I mean, everywhere you go in the woods, the game trails are generally, we think, they're deer. Yeah, and, <clears throat> yeah. And, that, and that's another thing, too. Like, there's so many areas that are just tapped down. Yeah. And like you were saying about going up on the hill behind the, ca- the cabin, I think you said something like it looks like a, a, a freeway up there or yeah. it looks like an interstate system. And you were right. Like, I got up there, and I had a hard time deciding which way to go. Like, yeah. oh, I could follow that yeah, one. Or, oh, little, I could follow that one. Yeah, going here and there. Yeah. And but they weren't human because, you know. Yeah, you can tell they're you can tell you, people know when you see a game trail. It's it's pretty obvious. So, um, but there's a lot. Yeah, there's a lot of life in those woods. And we saw the squirrel. Yeah. So we know the owner thinks there's no squirrels there, but they were there squirrels. There. <laughs> we saw a couple of squirrels. Yeah, we saw them. Yeah, but uh, yeah, very interesting, interesting place. It's got a lot going on right now. Yeah, it, it gives me, like I said, it gives me the Port Chatham vibe. It also gives me the the Area X vibe, the Nawak. Yes when they were talking about the hill that backed up against the cabins yeah. and the rocks. And I mean, it just, it has a lot, it has a lot of uh, historically squatchy characteristics. It does. You, immediately when you walk in there, especially the second you step into the woods, you take one look at those, those beautiful, yeah, like you said, those Jurassic kind of woods, those old prehistoric, eh, it's something. Um, so it, it kind of makes sense. Uh, that 
something could live like something like that Bigfoot could live there unknown um, comfortably with their family whatever and then all of a sudden who's this build a cabin you know now yeah. we gotta and it, ma- it makes you wonder like what what do they think about that if they're you know are they maybe since we think maybe they don't spend the entire year there they just they're just hanging around kind of during the summer and it's just the 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 construction noise you know kind of brings them in and yeah. maybe they they Curious. actually live somewhere else or if you know they're like why they're, so they're blocking the owner, our beach access yeah, the <laughs> owner when you're standing on the cabin and you're looking across the cove and you're seeing this beautiful mountain in front of you the owner swears he thinks they live up in those those mountains up there because that's where the they would start their whoops they would start way up high and they would make their way down and you could hear them and then making their way to them he's heard that before but like I said, this year there was no activity yeah. the first time there. But that whole side of that mountain was still covered in snow. Yeah, and the avalanches. avalanches were going yeah. on. I don't. I wouldn't live there. But not that that's what's going on. But it, it seems like hmm, maybe that's why they're they got there late or they're you know they weren't so obvious when yeah. we were there. Well, it reminds me. I've I've heard in discussions about the Yeti. They say you know there's how you have the forest and then it just you know, on a mountain, right. you have the forest and then it just goes into like rocks and, you know, snow and, and basically barren. Right. And when they talk about the Yeti, I've heard them say like, there's a sweet spot in there. Right. Like right, right around where yeah. the tree line ends, yep. where there's a lot of life and yep. a lot of, they think the Yeti might live in there. I've heard it's kind of like similar. I've heard like bears. Uh, there's, there's a certain transition from the tree line to the cliffs of the mountains there's lots of little areas they like to build caves and whatnot. The bears do. Yeah. And I've been told by um, people that that's the same thing with, with these things, is they like to stay in those areas. And that that kind of makes sense with what the owner's hearing. I mean, he starts his chainsaw. He always points at that area. Uh, my first whoop I heard, um, that's what he said they came from that area over there. And that was loud. I mean, we heard it over our conversation in the middle of the day. It was kind of stupidly loud, but um, yeah, it's. So, what are your what are your hopes for Area A in the future? Oh gosh, my hopes are actually if I could just catch a glimpse of one, I would be <laughs> so happy. Whether we get it on a, on a video or a picture or whatever, you know, it probably. Who's going to believe it anyway, right? Right. But if I can see one. Me, personally, see one. I if I get a good look long enough, I can study it. I can draw it then, and I can understand a little more about what they look like. And I, I'll probably be, be bummed because all the drawings, the hundreds of drawings I've done in the past, will be wrong. I've got to go back and change it all. <laughs> oh, their ears are huge. Yeah. They're like you know. It's gonna walk in. There's gonna be like a, just a post-it note with yeah, a different face like, on yeah, there. All my drawings are yeah. gonna be altered really crudely. <laughs> Big noses on them and yeah. stuff. But uh, I don't know. I. You know, like I say, I go out there with low expectations, and uh, I'm. I usually come back with some kind of strange story, um, but until I see one, I, I, that's what's driving me. I just yeah. I want to know. I want to know what they look like. Um, well, my one of my favorite sayings about bigfooting is, you know, best case scenario you find bigfoot, worst case scenario you have a good time camping. That's right. And there, yeah, that's right. It, it's a it's a beautiful area. It's it a beautiful, beautiful cabin. I mean, it's a, it's a great. Yeah. It's a great place to spend a couple of days. Sasquatch or not, it is. Yeah. It's a gorgeous place to go and just get away from everything. But um, but with, with the Sasquatch, it's even it's even more <laughs> legendary. But, um, yeah, interesting place. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I just want to iterate, you know, the, the owner, he's a very private person. 
He he doesn't yeah. you know want any attention. He's not out there, you know. Hey, you know, uh, you know. He's not. He's not. He's inviting yeah. people to the property, but he's inviting people to the property to figure out what's going on. Yeah, he wants to solve this problem more than anything because he's having a hard time believing it all, um, which makes it more legit, I think. In my and, and everybody, like I said, that goes out there, they all seem to. Uh, they're all professionals, you know, they're not into the sub, they're not looking for anything. It's coming to them, so to speak. Right. And they don't know what it is. So here we are. And uh, if you want to see the footcast that Rob was telling us about, uh, check out the video that was taken in the Bigfoot Art Gallery on the Alaska YouTube page. And uh, we'll have some shots of that in the video. And maybe we'll have Rob tell the story of how the track was cast. Absolutely. All right. Anything else you want to uh, pimp your store? Oh, well, yeah, certainly I want to pimp my store. <laughs> if you're ever in Palmer, Alaska, come on out. 1088 South Colony Way. Bigfoot Art Gallery. That's it. Custom matting and framing. And uh, where else can you see all my art and uh, cool Bigfoot stuff? So That's right. Um, come on in. We're, we're usually always open. And I'm always <laughs> ready to talk Bigfoot. So. All right. And you can listen to us here on the Alaska Watch Podcast. You can find us on YouTube and anywhere that carries podcasts. And we've also got a website, alaskawatchpodcast.com, where you can purchase my latest book, Abandon the History and Horror Report Chatham. Uh, you buy it from the website, and I can get you an autographed copy. And uh, Banjo... Say you can get one. You can get an oh, autographed copy here at the Bigfoot Art Gallery. That's too. true. Uh, I'm selling uh, Larry's books here. That's so. true. You can pick up an autographed copy here. That's right. If you're in Palmer. And uh, Banjo, you want to take us out? Yeah, Banjo. Come on, buddy. <laughs> Banjo's got nothing. Yep, he blinked at me. So All right. There you go. Thanks for listening, everybody.